You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. I guess it's important for me to take that off. If you cannot tell, this is the first time I've gone live in a minute, but it's cool. Hey, how you guys doing? Hope you're doing mighty fine. Happy Friday. I am literally right now at this very, very second um, at iHeartMedia Seattle. About to do a quick recap of all the stuff that we talked about this week. Plus, you'll end up seeing a very, very fresh interview that I ended up doing with Ashley McGirt. OK, we ended up talking about. Um, oh, my goodness how to actually pick out your therapist. We talked about how to look for signs in your youth if they need to see a therapist or if there's something else that's wrong with them. Um, we even talked about how to get some free therapy, okay? So you guys are definitely gonna see all of that and more right here today on Rewind with Besa. We're also gonna recap what JC and I talked about because you know we talked about the old Tiffany Haddish and uh, what was his name, Aries Spears thing. I ended up interviewing uh, Dr. Nelson this week and we definitely have a talk about how to make sure you are getting sleep at night let us not let's not play ourselves we all are mad busy during the week and you're on your phone all goddamn day and then all of a sudden it's two in the morning and you can't wind down so we're giving you guys some tips on how you can make sure that you can fall asleep at the end of the day and also the homie Travis Thompson talked by okay and one thing I love about Travis Thompson is that as him being a local artist, I'm able to talk to him about local artist things. You know, like I'm always interviewing people that aren't necessarily from here. So when you interview people that are from here, you're kind of able to talk a little bit more about the local politics and just kind of different things that we can all do to just make the music scene a little bit better and frankly, a lot more cohesive here. So first things first, we're going to start out with what JC and I talked about, which was Tiffany Haddish and Aerie Spears. Okay. So as you guys may or may not remember, Tiffany Haddish and Aerie Spears are in some hot, you know what? Okay. In a nutshell, um, a mom is saying that, well, they were accused of grooming uh, their kids or her kids. One was seven. The other one was like 14 years old. And JC ended up making a very, very good point when it came to the mom and how the mom actually relates to Tiffany Haddish in the skit. Check this out in case you guys missed it. Tiffany Haddish is relieved after Aerie Spears skit video surfaces. I wanted to take responsibility and I was tired of being extorted. This circle is apparently Jane Doe and John Doe's mother partying at Tiffany Haddish's birthday party in 2020. So, uh, you know, of course they're calling this a shakedown. Um, oh. <laughs> the plaintiff's the mother. Dickens. Oh, wow. I don't even know how to say her name, so let me not even try it. Has been trying to assert, assert these bogus claims against Miss Haddish for several years. Every attorney who has initially taken her case, and uh, there were several, oh damn, ultimately dropped the matter once it became clear that the claims were meritless and Miss Haddish would not be shaken down. Now Miss Morris has her adult daughter representing herself in this lawsuit. The two of them will together face the consequences of pursuing this frivolous action. That, if that ain't creepy, I don't know what. <laughs> we talked about how like, you, I remember you were saying that the mom possibly has mental health issues and I was like, yeah. Um, and or I'm not, and to use Whitney Houston's word, I'm not going to say that she was crackish. I'm saying she's a little crackish. 
But you know what I'm saying? Like that, it doesn't like when you find out like what actually happened, like you left your kids with these people, you left your kids with adults and you, you were literally the mother in the skit. Like they, it was like, it was art imitating life. Damn. Uh, and it's like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what it's like. I just, I'm like, wow. So it's just like, it's kind of. I didn't even think about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were literally the mom in the skit. Like, you literally are the, the person that Tiffany Haddish is playing. It would be a trip if Tiffany Haddish was actually playing the mom. Like, if the mom was actually, like, uh, an inspiration for her role. You understand what I'm saying? It's just, it just, like, I I'm like, shriveled. I'm not <laughs> <I> shriveled. <laughs> I'm shriveled. <laughs> your, use, your use of the English language you confounds. I love it. It's, Yes, Omari, we are live, live. And, and like I said earlier, I don't think I've gone live, live over here on Converge in, oh, it's been at least a year. So, hey, how y'all doing? Um, but yes, you guys, it's so crazy to me because where she's saying that they groomed the children. The whole skit was about watch who you leave your kids with. And this lady didn't even watch who she left her kids with. Not saying by any means that what Tiffany understood and Ari Spears did to those kids because somebody had to show him, show them how to do those things was okay. But what I am saying is that it's very, very ironic that literally the skit is basically exactly what the mom ended up doing. All right, we're guys, we're going to go do a quick commercial break. When we come back, we are going to show you guys what Dr. Nelson had to say when it comes to get this, making sure you can actually get some sleep at night. Something that a lot of us need to actually work on doing. Okay. Baseball is a beautiful game, especially when played in community. Earlier this summer, Baseball Beyond Borders took a powerful, eye-opening journey through the heart of the South, which included baseball, civil rights, and reconciliation. Our Young Kings hosted a baseball clinic at Jackson State University in Jackson, Mississippi, and hit the road to Montgomery, Alabama, by way of the historic Edmund Pettus Bridge, to visit the Equal Justice Initiative Museum and Memorial, all in an effort to ground our Kings in their history and find serenity in the sport they love to preserve the cultural legacy. Join Baseball Beyond Borders on September 27th for the premiere of our film, Reconciliation Tour, at T-Mobile Park's Alice Pavilion from 3 to 5 p.m. Hear from those on the front line as well as special guests as we elevate our promise to bring healing through play. For tickets or to donate, visit BaseballBeyond.org or check our social media platforms. So that is just like a little taste of our Baseball Beyond Borders documentary. You can actually see a little bit more of it. Obviously, it's not the full thing, but there's actually a uh, four minute preview of it on our YouTube, which is obviously where we converge. So anyway, you guys, welcome back to Rewind with Besa. It's Friday. It is my first time being live, live right here on Converge Media in a good minute. And what I really wanted to do this week was come on here and just recap all of the freaking interviews that I did this week. I typically don't have about, what, four people on my show, but that's basically what 
we ended up doing. So right now we are going to jump into a clip that we did with Dr. Sydney Nelson, who basically pops on once a week to give us different health tips. Okay, so this week's health tip was about how to get some sleep. I don't know about you guys, but I definitely have a hard time getting sleep at night, especially if I've been out at like a club or if I've been working all day, you know, I'm on my phone all day, like just winding down can just be an absolute hassle. And the next thing you know, I'm up until about four in the morning. Okay, so here are about three tips from Dr. Nelson on how to get some good sleep at night. Do you have any like recommendations for people that feel like they don't know how to go to sleep after a long day? Like for me, say if I'm like up until two in the morning because I've been like editing all day and feel like mentally stimulated and then all of a sudden I can't like lay down and rest for two hours. Do you have like at least three quick tips to give people to relax and actually get that sleep? Yes, yes, definitely. Especially with this era just of Instagram, social media, you know, working hard, working hard at night, at home. Sleep deprivation and just lack of sleep is, you know, technology is kind of added to it. And so what we need to do is reduce our screen time. That is so key and so important for people to reduce your screen time. That means that you have to, before you go to sleep, give yourself at least an hour where you're not looking at your computer, you're not looking at your phone, you're not scrolling through Instagram, seeing if you missed anything where you are just devoid of that screen um, at least one hour before you go to sleep. Also, you know, don't eat late. You know, eating late can also kind of um, disrupt your sleep cycle. And then thirdly, just making sure that you're not doing any heavy exercise or anything right before you go to sleep. You want to have a break in time before, you know, high physical activity um, so you can give yourself a chance to kind of wind down. So those would be the big three. You guys know what's so crazy about me. The only way that I can really wind down is lightweight with electronics. Okay, I'm turning on my TV. I might be using like the meditation on my TV, some sleep sounds. Um, But honestly, it's I, I can't remember the last time I really did take some time and just really put my phone down for a full hour before getting in bed. I'm gonna try that one of these days. But one thing I really do like to do is I'll jump in the tub. I'll sit in the tub for like maybe 30 or so minutes, watch something relaxing, take a shower, and then I'm able to just really sit and get in bed. And sometimes that is like the best sleep that I ever have. All right. Um, so up next, you guys, earlier this week, I ended up talking to Travis Thompson, who is, oh my goodness, I freaking love doing interviews with Travis Thompson. And I always say there are some people that just make doing interviews so freaking easy because some of you guys, <laughs> some of you guys want interviews, but you're not, it's not that you're not good at interviews. It's that sometimes you might just get really, really nervous on camera, which makes it a little bit harder to keep the conversation going. But Travis, it's like the camera isn't even there. Okay. So in this particular clip, I asked him about crabs in a barrel and if it was actually hard for him to really make some moves in the city before he actually got popping. Let's not even front. A lot of times out here, it really will take for you to just go viral or for you to get to just a certain point of just popularity for people to actually give you your props and stop sitting here being like, oh, well, I don't really mess with them, so I'm not going to give them this opportunity or I'm not going to give them that opportunity. It's almost as if out here you have to get to a certain point to where people literally cannot deny you of your respect in order for them to give you the flowers that you deserve. Either way, you guys, I asked Travis Thompson about that. And let's just say he did not hold back. Check out what he had to say. In my head, it's always been like Seattle. I wouldn't even say it's crabs in the bucket, but it's just like no one's ever satisfied. Nothing's ever cool enough for anybody. You know what I'm saying? And everyone wants to feel like their version of Seattle. If it's not being represented, then it's not it. And it's like, but when you go to like the Bay Area or something like there's so many artists that have laid like a blueprint for how 
this how how like the different levels of this game go you know what i'm saying seattle doesn't really have that so it's either you're the thing or you're lame there's no where to exist in the middle in seattle so i just think as a city we need to come together more and take pride like people are like even i'll see a viral video from someone from seattle go viral on tiktok and then all the comments are people from seattle shitting on seattle and it's like have some pride bro you know what i'm saying like kind of like have some local like I don't know. Be proud to be from here because there's definitely dope things going on. And if you don't feel like they're dope, then be dope. And if you feel like your version of the city isn't being represented, then please go put something out and contribute. You know what I'm saying? But we're not going to get anywhere if constantly everything is cool for like three months and then we're over it. You know what I'm saying? Like even like was there a real moment where Blueberry Fago, the whole city was excited about it? No, that song's just as big as Nirvana songs. And regardless of how you feel, respect numbers, respect movements. You know what I'm saying? So like at the end of the day, yeah, are people in Seattle crabs in a barrel? But the same people saying that are the same ones calling things lame. The same ones being like, oh, that event is cooked. We don't do that no more. We did that last summer. And it's like, what are you doing, bro? What are we doing out here? Like, we're not going to get anywhere. Like, I wouldn't even say it's crabs in a barrel. I'd say like crabs is crabs who are too cool for the barrel. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. that's what no one's ever satisfied. So like that shit's frustrating. But at the end of the day, the fan base is here. The cool kids just talk. The fan base, they don't, they're not on Twitter. They're not honest. They don't really care. The people who are really showing out for these things are going to show out. So as long as you find them, you're cool. But yeah, the scene of it all gets very corny and embarrassing sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, no. And I think what he said about the whole Blueberry Fago thing is absolutely right. Because at the end of the day, when Lil Mosey dropped Blueberry Fago, everybody, the support was just not, it didn't give what I thought that it should have gave, okay? And and this was even way before. What are, what are you talking about, child? I have not heard or seen someone winding down since back in 98, child. In 98, I was like nine. So, anywho. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, I just feel like even before Mosey had the whole court case thing, people, they just weren't supporting him the way that they should have supported him. Everybody always had something crazy to say about him. Everybody was like, oh, I'm not really rocking with him. He doesn't really claim Seattle, da 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 da, da. But then he's getting played on all these radio stations. He's getting all this push in. The hometown was kind of there, but not really. So, I mean, I definitely agree with Travis Thompson when he says we need to start showing a little more pride in our city and stop hating on people. And, and he's right. You know, when I really do think about it. If you go, even go on TikTok and you'll see a TikTok where it's a song and it's going viral, you look through the comments. It's a lot of people that are locally <laughs> from here in Seattle, Tacoma area that are talking the most crap. You even look through some of WCTV's comments. A lot of people are not the most positive in those comments. It's literally like our own version of the shade room against our own local people, which is absolutely sad. OK, um, what is this comment saying? So, you know, I. Real cool talk, Travis. Yeah, Travis is an actual smoothie wood. We actually have another clip from Travis where, so in case you guys don't know, he just dropped a new album on, I want to say, September 6th. It is called If I'm If I'm Alive, that is. And so in this particular clip, we talk about the album uh, and we even talk about how he wants to go back to therapy. Okay, check this out. Um, your new album, If I'm Alive, that is, is releasing on September 6th. Can Correct. you tell us what we are getting from this album and if it's going to be any different from your previous projects? Man, the If I'm Alive, that is, it's really just like a collection of five songs. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and act like the project is this like super like deep and 
like heavy and vulnerable thing because with the title might suggest that but the title is really just kind of like a comment on where the world's at right now it was one of them things where everyone's trying to make plans everyone's hitting my phone every day of like or needing something and it's just like if I'm alive that is like yeah for sure well I don't know what tomorrow's gonna look like you know what I'm saying like okay if I'm alive that you know what I'm saying and it also speaks on just like we left the label this year, you know what I'm saying? So it, it took a while to like get that paperwork handled and it was like, where are you at, Trav? So it's more, it kind of speaks to that too of like, if I'm alive, that is like, are you alive? Are you putting out music? You know what I'm saying? What are you doing? And then, yeah, that's, that's really about it. And also like the like the homie from the last interview was saying, uh, a lot of people are living, but they're not alive. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are not actually living. They're just kind of going through the motions. So it's like, that's another like, meaning for it you know what i'm saying exactly that autopilot and exactly exactly <laughs> people really love to be on a good autopilot out here and i like that because you know if i am alive it's really almost also saying take one day at a time and live that day as much as you can and i always tell people every single day you need to do at least one thing that your future will thank you for damn that's real shit at least one that's real think about it you do one thing at, for 30 days that your future will thank you for, even if it's the same thing every day. My homie told me, if you don't embarrass yourself at least a little bit once a day, you are not doing anything. And I'm like, that's facts. Like if I don't, if I don't walk out with a little bit of like, I like my outfits a little crazy or like I said something like a little extra or if I didn't do something that day that didn't embarrass me, then the day was a waste. I didn't grow. I didn't learn anything. You know what I'm saying? So. And you I didn't make beautiful. yourself in- uncomfortable. You know, I was exactly. talking, what was my episode yesterday? Uh, we were, or earlier today, we were talking about Kanye West and all of his rants and how he doesn't go to therapy anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, sometimes I feel like a lot of people don't want to go to therapy because it makes them uncomfortable. And I'm like, since when is change and progression ever comfortable? Ever comfortable. Yeah. It's not ever. supposed to be. No, not at all. Especially if you're confronting the things about yourself that you need to fix. What? I'm like, yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah, no, I, I know. I'm, I'm trying to go to therapy too. I'm, I'm, I'm procrastinating on it, but it's definitely vital. No, same. And, and you know what? We, we're gonna get that together before this year. Exactly, over. <laughs> exactly. I didn't ghosted a couple therapists. I didn't like had sessions set up, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> but we are gonna figure it out for real. We are definitely gonna figure it out, and that is on period. Okay, we all need to figure it out. There's so much. Oh my goodness, there's so much craziness going on out here that we all need to have a little bit of therapy in our lives. All right. Speaking of therapy, as I told you guys, I had Ashley McGirt on, and we talked about you know how black people need to take you know go to therapy and how to find a therapy. She even talked about how this month is a uh, I want to say National Suicide Awareness Month. So we talked about all that, plus even how you can get some aid for therapy. So we're gonna go to a commercial break and then we are going to jump right into part one of my interview with Ashley McGirt. Of course, stay locked right here to Rewind Besa. Hey there, it's Trey Holiday. And of course, Besa and I had to take a trip back to Market Street Shoes to grab some items. They always know what to show us. And let me tell you, we both spent quality time to be sure we collected some amazing additions to our wardrobes. They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Faith. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear. I guess I was supposed to hit play, right? 
<laughs> Welcome back to Rewind with Basin. This is honestly, you guys, my first time actually going like live, 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 live in a minute. Like literally I can say, hey, Deontay. I, I can say hello to Marcus. I can say, I don't mind. Like this is just something I haven't been able to do in a minute. So this is pretty exciting. However, it's a little bit different than when I pre-record and I'm able to make everything all nice and crispy, but it's cool. We're learning, all right? I'm thinking about doing this every Friday. Let me know if you guys want, if you guys actually like it. But in the meantime, between time, here is part one of my interview that I did with Ashley McGirt. Like I said, I was going to play. Hey guys, Basic Gordon here. So as you can see, I am not at iHeart right now. I'm actually at Converge Media because I have a special guest with me. I interviewed her a couple of years ago when I was at Cube. Her name is Ashley McGirt and she is over the Therapy Fund Foundation. As you guys know, this week there's been a lot of suicide. There's been a lot of mental health talk. So I felt like while she's here, this is an amazing time to actually give you guys some tips on how to really deal with that mental health with everything that seems to be going on in the world. Ashley McGirt, how are you? I'm great. I'm super excited to be here, especially now and having this conversation. Heck yeah, you got like, like we were talking about backstage, you know, it, it's so interesting to me because with the pandemic, a lot of people had suicide. A lot of people had mental health issues. And personally, I don't know about anyone else, but I thought that once the world kind of started opening up again, it would kind of slow down. But it almost seems like it's ramping up, whether it's because people are losing jobs, maybe relationships didn't work out and they're just kind of realizing where they're at in life or just whatever is going on. People are very, very stressed out and they're not dealing with it very, very well. You have rappers dying. You have, you know, business owners dying. We just had the whole bed bath and beyond situation and we all have seen Kanye West ranting and raving for about three days at a time with anything that was going on with his ex-wife to working with the gap um as someone that has been working in therapy for so long I would love to know what are some of your tips for people to just deal with that anxiety when they just feel like I don't know what to do right now <laughs> yeah. So you said a lot, you said a lot. And I just want to say, um, while it seems like a lot of this has been happening because of the pandemic, these mental health stressors have been going on forever. We just weren't ever talking about them as a community. So I love that now we're having the conversation. We're talking about it more because the reality is suicide is the third leading cause of death for black male youth. And we don't mention it. You know, Cornelius, um, uh, Jet Jackson, uh, Thomas Lee. Curtis, I believe that's his actual name, completed suicide. And we didn't really talk about it in our community or the individuals we actually know. And then when it comes to anxiety, which anxiety, depression, these can be symptoms that lead to suicidal ideation that actually lead to suicide. Um, some tips really for it is just recognizing that there, it's okay to worry about things. Is the worry becoming debilitating? Is it impacting your daily behaviors? And in that case, you want to get a good routine, like working out, exercising, reducing things off your mental plate. What can you take away right now from your plate? So speaking of plates, you could invest in paper plates so you don't have to wash the dishes all the time. Or, you know, if you have a lot going on right now, maybe invest in a low maintenance hairstyle, put your hair in braids so you don't have to worry about doing your hair every day. Um, lean on your support system who can help you out. These 
these are some things that you can do. It sounds like it's like those little day to day things that you don't think stress you out actually kind of build upon that stress that whether it's at work, whether it's with family, whether it's with kids um, question, you know, we always say things like, you know, seek therapy. Black people need to seek therapy. But I feel like a lot of times they don't know where to start. And sometimes people don't know what to ask when they're trying to find that purpose perfect therapist for them. Like, you know, you can have a perfect therapist for you, but doesn't work for me. You know what I'm saying? Right. So do you have any like tips for people in finding that or just asking those right questions? Well, one, knowing that, like you said, there's a perfect therapist for you. There's the perfect therapist for me. So kind of think of it like dating. Mm. And when it comes to finding a therapist, you need to find someone who's a good fit for you, someone who you can trust, who you can build that good rapport with. So the very first conversation is really going to be critical. And that's going to be that consultation that you have with a therapist. And it's going to be asking them questions like, hey, um, do you specialize in anxiety? Have you ever worked with black people before? If you identify as a black person, have you ever worked with the LGBTQ community? Whatever population it is that you align yourself with, you want to ask those questions. Whatever it is you're experiencing, you want to ensure that the therapist actually has that training. So many people reach out to me for couples counseling. I am not a relationship therapist. I'm the wrong person to come to, so I have to refer out. But asking those questions, because some clinicians may try knowing that they're not a couples counselor and sit there and try to actually help you through that. And you, yeah, and you never actually ask them, like, is this something you've done? Have you ever helped couples before. And me, I'll tell you, no, I've never done couples counseling ever um, because I knew that that wasn't an area that I didn't want to focus in. So, um, but asking those questions, um, looking into their background, verifying their license. You can go to the Department of Health and you can type in a name. You could type in my name, Ashley McGirt, um, if that's all the information that you have. And it'll show you, when did I first receive my license? Do I have any complaints on my license? Which that is extremely important if someone actually has a founded complaint that's been on their license. That means they've caused some sort of harm. There was some sort of complaint. And it actually takes a lot for you to actually have a founded complaint because anybody could say anything about me if they yeah. want it. Say anything about you. The state is going to do their due diligence to actually make sure that the complaint is founded. So that means it's verified. Like right. you did that. <laughs> right. And you can see that and also ensure like, is it active? You know, are they an associate clinician? Because in order to become a fully independent licensed therapist, whether it's a licensed marriage family therapist, a licensed independent clinical social worker, which is what I am, you need to ask some point be an associate, which that means you're operating under a supervisor. So there's a, a licensed clinician above you um, who is monitoring you, making sure that you're doing the work. If that's the case, you want to look into who is their supervisor? What is their supervisor's background? How often do they meet with their supervisor? Are they sharing that information? Because they're for, if they're an associate level clinician, that means that your conversation is not just between you and them because they actually have to go back and share that with their supervisor. So these are some of the things and that's a little deeper, you know, license. And then also recognizing that there is bias in the licensing process, especially when it comes to black clinicians. It's a very difficult test. Thankfully, I'm a good test taker and I was able to pass my first go around. But that is not the case for most people of color because the way that it's set up, it's set up for white clinicians. It asks things about, um, 
certain behaviors that might not necessarily show up in communities of color. So you have to be able to know how to navigate that. It's a very intense process, 4,000 clinical hours in most states. <laughs> yeah, Washington and California have like the, the most amount of hours. And I think Hawaii is up there as well. Um, so just looking into that. And again, just having a conversation with them, most therapists offer at least a free 15 minute consultation and you can find out a lot about a person. Are you laughing? Like, do you, do you feel a good vibe? What's the energy? And just remember, don't give up. Cause it's like, again, it's like dating. You got to sometimes date multiple people until you find the one you have to see multiple therapists until you get the thing that you need. I think that's a huge point because I feel like a lot of times, especially people of color, you know, we'll go to therapy. We'll go like one or two times. We don't like that therapist. We, die. we, die. <laughs> we might if someone convinces us see a different therapist. But usually you'll see that one therapist and you're like, oh, this is what therapy is like. I don't like that. And it's like everyone has their own style. And so you, you really you do have to kind of think of it like dating. I never thought of it that way, but you have to keep going around until you find the one and be OK with letting the therapist go and be like, your style isn't working for me. Yes. And speak up because nine times out of 10, you're paying for it, whether you're paying out of pocket or you're using your insurance benefits that you're paying for through your employer or a spouse or whatever the case. We know how that works, but it's something you're invested in. So you need to speak up and say like, hey, um, I would like to focus on this during my session. You have the power to do that. I let my clients know, like, let me know if I'm talking too fast, if I'm focusing on an area that maybe you want to talk on something different this week. What are your goals? I'm a solution focused therapist. So I'm always looking at what is the solution? How do we fix the problem? If you want to just vent, fine. We can create space for that too. But at the end of the day, I'm always looking at what's the end goal. How can I graduate you out of my session so that you don't have to come here every week or get you down to maybe once a month or quarterly, something like that? I know that's right. And you guys, let's think, think of it this way. It's I'm guilty of it. I am so guilty of having a therapist, going to the therapy, did a couple sessions. You know, I like the therapist that I had and then I had to switch therapists. Right. So then I get this new therapist and I just wasn't feeling her. And so rather than, you know, asking for me to get like assigned to another therapist or looking for another therapist, I literally just have not gone to therapy in like the last two or three years. So don't be like me. OK, I definitely plan on getting myself back into therapy. But I say all of that to say, you know, you have to like test them out. You know what I mean? Don't let one therapist that just might not have been that great make you feel like all therapists aren't great because just because one man is trash doesn't mean that all men trash. Anyway, you guys, we're going to go to another quick commercial break. And then we come back. We're going to do part two of my interview with Ashley McGirt. I'm past patiently waiting. I'm passionately passing every expectation, every action, not to creation. I'm laughing in the face of casualties and sorrow. I'm thinking past tomorrow. And then, you know, lastly, with everything that has been going on, and as you said, 
suicide has been a thing for a minute. We just don't talk about it. What signs can we really look out for, especially in our youth to be like, I really want you to talk to someone, you know, especially when they're like high school and really even in middle school, because even I was going to a therapist when I was in middle school. I was lucky enough to where like my high school and my middle school, they had a psychiatrist in there. So I was able to go and seek psychiatry like once a week or once a month. And, you know, if I missed a session, they would be like, hey, girl, where you at? You know what I'm saying? But it, it was very helpful for me. But I just knew that that was something that I wanted to do. But for a lot of these kids, it's too late. Yeah. And so when it comes to that and the youth basically looking at their behaviors, are they isolating? Are they acting out? How are they showing up? Um, are their clothes disheveled? There's a lot of different factors. What's their appetite like? Were they a person that was very talkative and now they're no longer talking? Um, or are they talking more? Um, are they actually expressing? Because the reality is a lot of people will be blatant and be like, I don't want to live anymore. I want to do this. I don't want to be here. So actually listening to that? Um, are they drawing certain characteristics that may seem like, oh, they got a lot of tombstones, a lot of artwork around death. That can be a sign as well. So just looking into that, actually having conversations, asking them how do they feel, sometimes is very, very difficult when it comes to the youth because they know the things that they should say or that they think you want to hear. Um, so if you feel that there is a youth who may be suicidal, then you want to bring in a professional like myself who can actually do a clinical assessment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to wrap this up, what what is something that you would love to see the state of Washington and California, where you're at now, do for just their citizens mental health wise before the year is over or at least start working on something to make life for everyone a little better within the next year? I would love to see really the United States as a whole um, look at the way that insurance diagnose, not diagnosis, but the way that insurance approves billing, because right now they do it from a crisis centered model. A lot of my clients, they're high functioning. They may not necessarily have a DSM diagnosis, which is our therapist Bible tool that we use to diagnose people. Um, so if they don't have a DSM diagnosis, I cannot bill insurance. And so I would like to see that change so that people can get preventative care for those individuals who are high functioning and may not necessarily have a diagnosis. So that's one thing that everyone across the country country can participate in. I would also love to see mental health access for everyone. I would love to see the way that the licensing process is set up change. We really need to have some sort of interstate um like a, a parity act to where if you're a licensed clinician in Washington, you can serve in California, Oregon and not have to do additional courses. It should, or if your client moves, then you can no longer see that client. And we have to change the way that we serve. Uh, because, you know, if I have a client who's been working with me for a while and then they moved to New York, I'm not licensed in New York. I then have to refer them. And we just did all that all work, work, built that relationship up. So I would love to see the system change. And there, there's a little ways around it to where, you know, you can do like an adjustment period and I can see them maybe for a couple of weeks, but I'm supposed to be working on finding them a provider that they can see. Um, so that's another thing. I mean, I have a whole list of things, funding, paying therapists, 
pay us for this work that we do that is so necessary. Um, policies, change the policies. It's Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month, so I really want us to look at the policies when it comes to how we are looking at crisis for Black women, Black men, our trans community, our non-binary community. What are the policies in your state? Um, who are the people that you're voting in place? What what um, focus are they on when it comes to behavioral health? Um, what have they done if they've already been in office? Have they actually followed through with those promises? So those are just a little bit, but we could be here all day. If I tell you all the things I want to see in Washington and Oregon, all across the globe, really. But these are just some small changes that we can start with when it comes to insurance companies, you know, affordability, making sure the reimbursement rate is not just $30. Like that is not okay for a master's level clinician and the work that we have to do when and essentially it breaks down to less than minimum wage for all the work that we're doing. And real quick, do you ever think that there will be a point where your job, your health care actually includes a mental health day? Like I've heard rumors about that, but I feel like that would be dope if we had a it nice does. mental health it day. It already does. I mean, I'm a, I work for myself. <laughs> I'm the business owner and we have mental, we have mental health days. I actually force my staff to take off if I see that they're stressed and they're like, no, no, I'm going to work because we're so conditioned as a people to just work, just show up for the job. But honestly, you're no good to me and my company if you're no good to yourself. Um, so I really stress that. And I, I think it is changing. I see it uh, with Amazon employees, Microsoft, other organizations who are stressing these mental health days. They're bringing in uh, actual therapists. They're bringing in massage therapists as well, um, just as ways to relax their staff. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a day and there's already a day with me and my team. Yeah, <laughs> that's dope. And I definitely think that we need that even with like students in school like maybe they're stressed out and they're just like I don't you know I'm going through puberty I need to like stay home for a day and get my brain together rather than being like I'm sick like this is a mental health day like, and we do that with up. our boys if they need a mental health day they could take a mental health day and as parents I think we need to allow our children that space the same way we take breaks from work they need a break from school sometimes and I think we need to really stress that more and not shame people for taking time off like oh you were gone what's going on it's not your business if they didn't tell you why they were gone why are you asking that like they needed a day and that's okay we can take that day I definitely think that it is a time that we <laughs> really do normalize actually working on our mental health and being okay with saying, hey, I'm going to cancel this concert because I need to work on my mental health today. And rather than judging people and being like, oh, that's not what you're doing. No, that really is probably what they're doing. And maybe you should do that for yourself. So, Ashley, I want to thank you so much for sitting down with me. Please let everyone know where they once again can keep up with you and see everything that you have going on. You can find me on most social media platforms at Therapy with Ash or on my website, ashleymcgirt.com. And if you're interested in free therapy services, you can head to therapyfundfoundation.org. Over here, moving around, child. Uh, look, we are just about done with this live stream. I really am thinking about doing this every Friday. We'll see. I, I'll see. I, and honestly, the only thing that really stops me from doing this every Friday is the fact that I have to clip out everything. But you know, if I clip it out during the week, it won't be too bad. You feel me? So look, we're going to go do one more commercial break. And then when we come back, we are going to wrap up today's show.
All right, you guys, that is it for today's episode of Rewind with Besa. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out with me for my first live stream in a minute. Um, these will get better as I get more used to pushing the buttons live and not being able to edit as I go. Um, but in the meantime, between time, honestly, you guys, there's a lot of craziness going on out in this world. So stay prayed up, as they would say. Uh, make sure you're doing your meditations. If you believe in astrology things, uh, tomorrow is a full moon. And currently we are in retrograde. So you have been warned all right uh so either way i'm about to get out of here and start recording my shows for the weekend so i can actually live my best life like i want you guys to do and you already know until next time make sure you keep that energy high converge media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.